What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We are coming at you with another two-a-day podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Steve? So, how about them finals, man? What uh, do you think about the Suns? Like, you you think it's going to be a sweep? I, I think it's Suns in five, not yeah. Suns in four like like previously. Yeah, I, I was saying Suns in six, but I think I agree. I Man, I'll tell you what, man. It, I just don't see how they stop CP3, bro. He is – CP3 is balling. He's playing the best he's ever played in the past three games of the finals. He is – he's doing everything for that team. And you know what? Devin if Devin Booker starts getting hot the way he got in the last game from three. I don't see – they might get swept. But I'm going to say – I'm going to say – I'm going to say Suns in five. Yeah, I think I think they'll get one in Milwaukee, but in Milwaukee plays well at home, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they're able to gain some traction in the series just by like going back to their place. Milwaukee's one of the best home teams in the league, mm-hmm. um, but I agree. I mean, they're they're just clicking on all cylinders. Like they don't they don't, and then I have to like, but I do have to address like some people are like. This is like the next dynasty. We're look watching the next dynasty. Like, are we forgetting CP three is like thirty six years old? And yeah. if he don't, if he years. if he have yeah, like two years from now that dude could retire. And if they don't bring in another point guard of his caliber, like, yeah. sure, Booker will probably get better. I, Booker Booker's been good though. Aiton will probably get better because he's still young. But like, yeah. How much better are those guys going to get to make actually make a dynasty coming out of the West? Like, we're talking about LeBron and AD still still in there. Now, that, mind you, LeBron is old, so that might go away. But you still got Paul George and and, and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. It ain't like they beat. It ain't like they beat beat the Clippers with Kawhi. It ain't like no. they beat Denver with Jamal Murray. Yeah. It ain't like they beat you know you know. So that that's the that's the issue, you know. Utah's still around; they're going to be a good team going forward. They're probably going to get somebody else. And Mike Conley you know, got hurt in that series too, so they were down. Yeah. I mean, they were down Mike Conley too. So I, I don't know. Well, man. they didn't play Phoenix, but they they lost to the Clippers. Yeah, they, they lost they, to the Clippers. Oh, well, I was talking lost. about the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know what? Yeah, I I think it's going to be Suns in five, personally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, I was looking at. Okay, so all the teams in the NBA run like some, a, you know, similar kind of offense, pick and rolls and things like that, right? If you watch the game, I don't know what it is about the way that the Suns play the pick and roll, but Milwaukee can't defend it. It's it's the point guard that they have. Chris Paul is one of the best to ever do that. That's yeah. why DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan owes Chris Paul 75% <laughs> of the money in his career because you see right. how deandre how good he is yeah he can't even start on other teams no but no. you get he was literally an all-star with and on the the dream team with lob city but you know, i mean like Aiton. i just feel like they put Giannis on on Aiton a lot in that first game right and then this last game they switched off and put lopez on him a little bit more but Giannis was still predominantly on Aiton. And I just think that's a mismatch that they can't deal with. 
Like, if you watch the game, CP is getting those. I mean, Aiton's doing that pick and roll. As soon as he goes, he's running to the basket. He's going, and if they block, if they go cover Aiton, then they're they're hitting jumpers from mid range, and they just can't yeah. they just can't stop him. Like I, nope. it's funny because I thought, you know, the Bucks are one of the best defensive teams in basketball. Like they, you know, what I mean, like Holiday's a really good, uh, really good point guard defender. You know, what I mean, Middleton's a really good defender. You know, what I mean, they got uh, uh, Lopez is, you know, he was defensive second. I think wasn't he second team All NBA last year and and for defense, Giannis is a defense. You know, what I mean, De- very good defensive player. So it's not like they have slouches on defense. They just. I don't know what it is. They can't defend the pick and roll against this team. It's it's crazy. And I didn't realize that the Suns beat them two times in the regular season. I thought they split, but I guess they lost that game. No, there was a second one that Booker got fouled at the end of the game and wound up going to the line and hitting foul shots. It was kind of a – it was like a last-second shot. They actually called a foul on but Yeah, we will move on now to some fantasy football. Yes, sir. Uh, we get into two of probably the better fantasy teams, I would say, in yes. you know that we're going to do. Like, you know, out of all the podcasts, you know, like we'll do two teams, and this might be two of the better, you know, teams that we could get into because there's some players that really uh, are going to shape really, fantasy teams this year. Yeah, really at the top of the drafts, and and you know, even going in throughout the draft, you might be able to add to your team to to be successful. And that is Green Bay and Minnesota. So we'll start with Green Bay. Quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, round six, pick 11 is his current ADP. He is the 72nd player overall, eighth quarterback off the board. Eighth quarterback off the board after what he did literally is only because people have no idea where he's going to go. Like, yeah. what, like, people have no idea what's happening. I mean, he could stay in Green Bay. Looks like that's what's happening right now. But yep. – you know, he could just not show up to camp and they could say, like, hey, you know, he could just take the fines. You know, I, I, he didn't opt out because of COVID. Yep. But, you know, I, I, Green Bay is kind of calling his bluff right now. So we'll have to see how Rodgers responds. Uh, but right now he's playing for Green Bay. And, you know, if that winds up being the case, you know, I, I think he'll – do you think he goes up at all? Do you think he moves up draft boards at all from, from where he's at now? Eighth quarterback off the board? I mean, you have Kyler, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. That's five right yeah. off the draft that I would probably still draft before him. Yeah, um, I'm still – I'm probably still going to have him at like eight. See, this well, is the thing. Like, I, I, I actually – you know, I obviously we always do some research before we do these podcasts, guys, but – I I really wanted to look into the numbers, right, with for Aaron Rodgers because last season was like it was amazing. Let's be honest, you know, it was an amazing season for Aaron Rodgers, right? He threw for four thousand one hundred and six yards. He had forty eight touchdowns and five interceptions, right? Like that's insane numbers, right? So I wanted to look at his numbers for the other two seasons before. Because if you remember in 2017 is when he broke his collarbone against the Bears and then he was out for basically the rest of the season and they, you know, they were hot trash. They were just not good. Um, So if you look at his numbers from 2018, right, he still threw for 40, he threw 640 pass attempts, which 
That's a lot. That's a lot more than I would even think that Aaron Rodgers would even throw, right? That's a lot of passes, right? Um, he threw for 4,200 yards with 640 attempts, and he threw for 25 touchdowns and four interceptions. Like, that's almost half of what he did last season. Yes. Right? Then you go to 2019, he threw for 573. He threw 573 passes. He completed 356 of those for 3,732 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Right? So he didn't even hit the 4,000-yard benchmark that we're looking for for our QB1s, unless you're Lamar Jackson, who runs for 1,000 yards every season. Right? Um, still gets you 26 touchdowns, has four interceptions. You know, it is what it is. Then last year, it's 526 attempts. So it's basically like his attempts went from 640 to, to 578 to 526. Like that's a huge cut, right? That's almost basically 120 passes from what he did two years ago. He throws for 4,100 yards and 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Like, that is beyond insane how much of an improvement that he had between those three seasons. Like, two seasons he was basically really consistent, and then this season he just blows up and becomes this 48-touchdown guy who basically doubles what he had done in the past two seasons, right? I just don't see how that is something that's going to happen again. Like if he gets 35 touchdown passes this year, I would be astonished. Like, I don't think it's going to be that high. I think it's probably going to go back to like around 30, like third, anywhere between 28 and 34, I think is probably a safe assumption. But to think that he's going to do what he did last year. And I think most people don't, that's why he's going eight. Even if we stays with this green Bay Packers team, like, Devin Funches, you know, and Amari Rogers are the presumed, you know, two guys that are going to start in three wide sets. I, bro, I don't, I don't see how Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere close to what he did last year. I think last year he was pissed off and he went off. And then this year, you know, he might say, you know what, I'm going to just play this year out and go somewhere else the following year. It's kind of the way I think it's going to work out. So I don't think he's going to same play with that same gusto. But if he, if that's the way he's looking at it, he would probably play with even more gusto because he's going to want to earn that contract in, for next year. So he, you know, he's going to want to, he's going to want to come out and and, and perform the same way he did last year. Um, See, but that's the thing. Like he, what he did this year. Any team that's like looking to pay Aaron Rodgers to bring, they're thinking championship. Like if you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, you're thinking championship. Like that year. You're doing you're doing what you what Peyton Manning did basically. Yep. You're you're signing this dude. He's going to win us a championship, right? So let's say it is the Broncos because we all know the Broncos defense is going to be stupid, and they have the offensive weapons that they're a quarterback away, right, from being a, a, a Super Bowl contender. Let's say that's the team. I, I don't think that the Broncos go. You know, if Aaron Rodgers throws for thirty touchdowns this year, now doesn't have forty eight like he did the year before. I don't think they go. Oh yeah, I'm just going to give him. You know whatever 20 million a year to play he's he's going to be in that you know two-year three-year deal close to you know 75 million dollars 100 million dollars guy i mean it's all going to be guaranteed money so yeah to me i don't think he needs to prove anything since 48 touchdowns bro (laughs) i don't think he needs to prove anything but at the same time if he went out there and you know kind of half-assed it 
you know, I don't know if that's going to help his case to get a bigger contract in the next year. Um, from a fantasy aspect, though, like, I think the thing that made Rodgers so even and more incredible last year was, like, last year was, like, the 12th, 13th, 14th quarterback off the board, and you were getting him, yeah. like, 10th or 11th round. Yeah, so, he like, he was chip. a league winner because you were spending no, like, very little to get him. And if you put him on your team, you know, he he was incredible. And you probably had a stacked team because you didn't – you used, you know, your first nine or ten picks on, you know, position players. So yep. uh, that that's to me is what made Aaron Rodgers even, you know, so much more valuable is just where he went last year. Being drafted as the eighth quarterback and, and then using a sixth-round pick, which technically is still, like – you know, one of your starters, it's like your flex players. If you're, you know, drafting an order or something like that, it's, it's, you know, kind of is not the same value there because you're now kind of depleting your depth a little bit. And, you know, that 10th round player that, that would add to your depth is not going to be the same as, you know, adding your starting quarterback in that 10th round that, that, you know, winds up going on to be the number three overall quarterback or whatever he was last year. Yeah, actually, I think he was number, I think he was number two in six point for passing touchdown, or maybe he was one. No, I think he was one in six points and number two in four point. Okay, so there you yeah. go. Um, either way, he was very good. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think basically, like I don't, I don't think he regresses to where you think, where it's like twenty eight and thirty four, because I do think he'll have a chip on his shoulder. If anything. If anything, I think what could possibly happen, and, and I never want to accuse players of this, but you know, you might see the hamstring get a little tight or something like that. Maybe he's got a little sore shoulder and, yeah, you know, yeah. has to miss a few games and just kind of takes it easy. That would be the way that, you know, he would probably could still earn a big contract while, you know, uh, you know, maintaining his production from, last year so to speak yeah. but uh you know that could be the thing that that kind of derails him if it's, is if he kind of just plays this season off as you know i'm gonna take it easy and not gonna jeopardize my future because i'm out of here yeah i mean like I, I think my biggest issue with the whole thing like just looking at it i and i've told you guys this a, a thousand times probably but i'm gonna say it again guy i do not draft quarterbacks or any other player that after their MVP season or after their best season of their careers, right? Like I've been saying this basically since Cam Newton in 2015 when he had his MVP MVP season. You know what I mean? He was basically, uh, you know, he was outrageous. He what did he score? 40 touchdowns that season. He was just ridiculous. The next year you get Matt Ryan. He's the he's the MVP and he goes for 49, you know, 4900 yards, 38 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Like yeah, his best season. Yeah, his best season by far. And the year after that, he was uh 4000 yards, 20 touchdowns. Like 18 touchdown difference. Cam Newton went from uh, still, he had 4,100 passing yards and 40 touch, total touchdowns. The very next year, he drops down to 20, 22 touchdowns. Like, that's a huge drop-off from where they were the year before. Like, so for me, I just feel like guys that have their, you know, and Aaron Rodgers has been the MVP before this. Like, this is not the first time he wins an MVP. This is, you know what I mean? But 
after the MVP season, I always just I kind of stay away from those guys. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. I think a lot, you know, his, with his, you know, because he's going number eight. You know what I mean? Michael Vick, after his huge season, went number one. Like he was the number, he was getting drafted in the first round. Exactly. The same way. I mean, he was okay last year, but he wasn't MVP Lamar Jackson. Exactly. He was QB 10. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the only one you draft again is Tom Brady. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the running back, you have Aaron Jones. uh, You know, just got a new deal. Uh, First, or 12th pick in the first round is his ADP right now, 13th off the board. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but ADP is average of where they're being drafted. Uh, and he's lost the 10th running back. So I know you're higher on Jones than most. I know I think you have him three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, I've moved him down a little bit just because I'm not sure what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, I had him at three before the whole Aaron Rodgers, you know, things going on. So you have him at three. Where do you have him at now? Uh, so I was looking at it, and I think I have him right. I have him at six now because I have, I basically have the big five like everybody else does. You know, the, you know, uh, CMC, you know, I have Kamara above him. I have, and honestly, Kamara, I was doing some research into Kamara, and we're going to get to that when we get to the Saints because I might be moving him down a little bit because I'm a little nervous. But, uh, right now, I do have Kamara in front of him. I have, you know, obviously Saquon and Zeke and uh, Dalvin Cook. So those are the, you know, the five that I have now, and then I have him at six. So you have him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, of- I'm not uh, honestly like with this new. I don't want to get too much into the calls because obviously we want to continue to yeah, we'll with this. All guys later, but yeah, but- Jonathan Taylor, I'm, we're going to talk about extensively because I, I, I am not as high on him as everybody else is. All right. Um, yeah, I, I like Aaron Jones. I mean, I, I to me, I think he's the perfect back into the first round running back for me. Um, I have Chubb ahead of him. Um, I do have Taylor ahead of him, and he's probably right there after that. You know, yeah. um, but knowing seeing what he's done, I mean, it's it wouldn't be crazy if he finishes a top three running back. I mean, we, he did it last year. Um, he's basically been a top three running back the past two years. And then the third the year before that, I want to say he was a top five guy. So like the past yeah, three years, he's been a top five guy. Yeah. Everybody, everybody drafts, you know, the other guys over him because of their potential, but Aaron Jones has been able to stay pretty much stay healthy where other guys continually getting hurt. Saquon CMC went down last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Zeke had a bad year last year. There's a lot of things that get muddled into there, but, um, yeah, overall, you know, I think Jones is, is, you know, in most mock drafts I do where I get Aaron Jones, I wind up feel like I wind up pairing him just because of my rankings with Joe Mixon. No. It almost seems like I get Aaron Jones back into the first, Joe Mixon top of the second. Yeah, that's a little scary for me, <laughs> but at the same time, you know. I, 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 what we've heard out of Cincinnati is Joe Mixon could have his heaviest workload of his career this year. You know, we've seen Aaron Jones be a top five running back for the last three years. So I do think that that, that kind of combination could generate some success. Yeah. And and like, this is my thing. 
AJ Dillon is not the pass catcher that Williams is. So I'm banking on more of the receiving work for Aaron Jones to continue his top five play, you know, as where like he's getting, you know, basically 40 plus catches a year. I could see that number getting into the 55, 60 catch range this year. And if he does get that, like he's obviously not going to be a a Camaro with 81 or a CMC with over a hundred catches guy, but if you're a running back that gets 60 catches on the season, you're almost guaranteed top six. Like, it just works out that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you look at Austin Eckler two years Derek ago. Henry. Outside of Derrick Henry, which you have him above. I did not hear you mention Derrick Henry. Yeah, I got Derrick Henry at seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I have two. Okay, so there's two reasons for that, too. And I guess that's probably the reason why, but. Yes. Well, well the, there's there's two reasons why I have him, up, you know, I have him at seven. One, I don't think he runs for 5.4 yards per carry again. Like, that was just, that's the outlier on his career. Like, he, he ran for 5.1 the year I before. Do. Yeah, I don't adding, think he does. Adding these two receivers, like, you don't think he'll – like, if anything, I, I would say that they become a little bit more heavy in the passing game, which yeah. takes away from him. But I still don't – I don't think his yards per carry is going to be an issue. I think – I I don't I see how – I think he gets 350 carries. Like, I, he doesn't get into the 400. Like if anything, it'll be more of a, a, a – more of a heavier pass game because yeah. you add Julio Jones and – Jones and A.J. Brown together is – you know, you're yeah. trying to – generate a little bit more of a passing attack but I, I still think even if he gets 320 he's getting five and a half yards per carry because you cannot stack the box and even when you did stack the box against Derrick Henry if yeah. you look at his like when you I, I heard the stat the other day when you stack the box with nine defenders against Derrick Henry yeah last year he averaged 4.6 yards per carry that's pretty good that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Nine guys in the box? Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I would like to know how many long runs he he made with that, though. Yeah. That has to be that has to be part of it. One of those nine guys in the box, bro. Team. Like teams don't even really play nine guys in the box. Think about that. Like nine guys in the box, bro. That's literally leaving safeties on islands or or you know corners on on islands. Like hey, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like defend defend our wide receivers. We're running the shit out of this ball. Like, yeah. You know, and you know what? I I gotta say this. And I know we're talking about the Green Bay Packers, guys, and I know we're getting off topic, but I got to say this. Like, I fucking love the Tennessee Titans. I do, man. Like, if I if I wasn't such a Bills fan, I might be a Tennessee Titans fan. Like, I just like the way they fucking – I like the way they play football, man. How do you man. say that? How do you say that after the be- Music City Miracle? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> obviously I hate the Titans because I'm a Bills fan, but if I wasn't a Bills fan, I might be a Titans fan. Like, I just like the I, – I, I hate Mike Vrabel, too, because he's a fucking Patriot. But I like the way he he fucking coaches. I like the way he's like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm running this ball down your throat, and go ahead and try to stop I it. I love that too. I, I love too. that, dude. I love that too. I mean, it's a lot about personnel because yeah. he basically said, you know what, Derek, you're you're our guy, and we're gonna treat you like our guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. Like they they personnel. had. T- but that's the thing. Like they had Tyler Lewan. They went and got Roger Saffold. Like they yeah. literally make moves, and they're like. Stop it, bro! Like, yep. like, come, like, come see me! Like, you're gonna, you're gonna see us, and yep. it, it just, it gets me super excited. Like, I'm like, every time I watch the Titans play, I'm just like, 
I just you you get excited to see Derrick Harry just smash football. Yeah, man. bro, it's like, fucking. I love Titans it. Versus, Titans versus Ravens. Yeah. Old school football. <laughs> I love it. It's and it's so much fun to watch. And people are like, you know, I know people. Some people don't like that. They like to see you know scores in the forties and guys throwing the ball seven hundred times. But I but like those smash mouth teams. That they're they're putting up scores in the forties and stuff like that with yeah. the with the offense. You know, they're getting thirty five points because that's because everybody sleeps on it, on on uh, uh what's his name uh Tannehill. Tannehill, yeah. like what I was looking at it since he's Every become year, Tannehill's, bro, Tannehill's top seven quarterback the last two years. Bro, since, since he's, he's been like, the since starter, he's been ejected, there's only one quarterback I think with more yards than him, and I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Bro, since he's been the starter for the Titans, there's only two quarterbacks that have scored more fantasy points since he's become the starter. That's crazy, bro. He's the Patrick third Mahomes. highest scoring. <laughs> fantasy quarterback since that happened that's insane think about that that's that's crazy from where Tannehill was when he left the the Miami Dolphins to where he is now he's a completely different dude like completely yeah. different guy yeah but moving on uh because we kind of interjected the Aaron Jones stuff obviously yeah. Steve's high on Aaron Jones I I kind of have Aaron Jones where he's kind of at let's move on to AJ Dillon he's Eighth pick in round eight, 95th overall, 38th running back off the board. Do you think AJ Villain, uh, AJ Villain, AJ Dillon has um, kind of solo appeal at all? Like, you know, so a guy might be able to get you, you know, seven to 13 fantasy points, depending on if he falls into the end zone or not? I think, okay, so. What is his ADP? Do you have his ADP up? Eight, round eight, pick eight. I think that's like I think that's pretty high. Yeah, I think that's a little but, bit higher than I would have expected. I thought he'd probably be in around the 10th round. Um this is what I think. I, I so we saw we talked about it yesterday when we were talking about our not Wednesday. You know, we were talking about the breakdown. It was like 100 and what was it? 201 carries for Aaron Jones, 119 for Williams. I think that kind of stays the same. I, I don't think this team runs more than they did last year. I think they probably stay right about the same. They had 532 attempts um, passing the ball, or five, yeah, 526 attempts, 526 passing. I could see, you know, right around the same running attempts. It's like 360, basically. Mm-hmm. I could stay that, see that pretty much staying the same. And I think, you know, A.J. Dillon gets – He's definitely going to get the goal line work. I don't see how they keep Aaron Jones the goal line guy when this dude – they call him Quadzilla. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my man is built to run in short yardage situations. I don't know, though, man. Aaron Jones is a great goal line back. He is very good. He is very good. But but you know what? I, I don't think – I still think he scores touchdowns because a lot of his touchdowns, if you look at his numbers, he does run the ball in the, in the goal line, but he does score a lot of 10-yard, you know, 15, 20-yard touchdowns. Uh, if you look at his numbers. So I don't think his numbers are really affected by that, but I could see like short yardage situations, you know, third and one, you know, goal line situations. They kind of split that that workload. And if he's going to get 120 carries on the season, 130 carries, you know, I think, you know, in the eighth round, I don't think that's a bad pick. But the thing with him, he doesn't catch the ball at all, like at all. He didn't do it in college at all. No, so. Ball. It's going to be a predominantly Aaron Jones catching the football, exactly. and Dylan will kind of be a guy to spell him. I I think he's being way overdrafted in the eighth round. I think he's more of a 
uh, you know, we're going to talk about Madison, but Madison's the back end of the 10th round. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where I kind of would think he would go back into the 10th, even 11th round. Um, and, and it's because of that workload. It's because that Williams workload, you know what I mean, is, is why he's yeah. getting drafted there. But people, like, forget, you know. Williams caught balls, too. Yes, he caught a lot of – and he's a very good run blocker. I don't I don't really yeah. know what A.J. Dillon is as a run blocker because he hasn't had enough run or play time to really – gauge that and i didn't really watch him all that much in college so i would have to look at that again and see see what his run blocking ability is but you know i don't really don't see how he plays you know the same role that williams played i definitely think he gets around the same amount of carries but i don't know if he gets that you know that that third third down goal you know you know third down role that williams had last year because he you know he was in the lot for thirds downs which like i said it would piss me off all the time because i'd be like yep. dude let aaron jones in the game like what are you doing yep all right so moving on to the wide receivers uh and adams we don't really got to spend a ton of time on on adams still my as number long one as aaron Rodgers is there you know i mean to me i think in ppr leagues which is where we come from pretty much adams is number one uh, I think if you're in a standard league, I would have him number two. I would probably have Hill one in a standard league. But uh, in PPR, where where receptions matter, um, and even half point, you know, if you're given half point, I probably would go with Adams too because he's just – Hill doesn't catch the ball that much compared to what Adams is – you know, the amount of times Adams is catching the ball. But uh, obviously Hill with those big plays is putting up a crazy amount of yards and, you know, getting touchdowns. So uh, real quick, Kim. So – I looked this up because I told you I was doing the break, you know, doing a little bit of the breakdown and looking things up, right? So in 2017, Devontae Adams didn't have Aaron Rodgers, right? Because he broke his collarbone. Aaron Rodgers only started seven games. He really only played six and a half games because he broke his yep. collarbone. I want to say it was in the second quarter that he broke his collarbone. So let's say six and a half games. In six and a half games with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the rest with, uh, oh, man, what was his name? The young kid. Oh, it's going to bother me. Yeah. Because it's it's really gonna bother. Um, Deshaun Kaiser was yeah, it? No, nah, it wasn't Kaiser. It was uh, 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 Brett Huntley. Huntley, that's it. So Brett Huntley throwing to him basically most of the season. Let's be honest. Uh, he had seventy four catches, eight hundred and eighty five yards, and, and ten touchdowns. So he still got you double digit touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I don't think he played every game that season. I want to say he missed some games in that season. I'll check that out. But he's basically double-digit touchdowns no matter who's throwing to him. Like, for me, a lot of people are saying that they would drop him below Diggs if Rodgers yeah. is not playing. I, mean, I'm, I don't know what doing Fantasy football that. calculator right now has him two round two pick one. He is the third wide receiver off the board. They actually have Diggs being drafted above him in fantasy calculator. Yeah, people so are scared he, of the Aaron Rodgers factor. Yeah, he's falling below. Uh, Stefan Diggs, and I, I don't think I would do that. I, I think he's one or two, regardless, of, you know, depending on what you're doing, depending on the league you're playing in. And the only way I would put him at, at two is if it's completely standard, and then I would take Hill. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't see – I don't see his production – okay, this is the thing, and this is the other thing that you have to think about, right? So rookie quarterbacks – when they come and play, and and I know Love is a second year quarterback, he's not a rookie, but he's technically he's a rookie. He's a rookie <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you look at the way they play, like Justin Herbert is a perfect example last year, like and he he was a true rookie, but he basically went over to I, I was listening to 
oh man, was it Stephen King podcast? I think it was Stephen King podcast, and he was talking to, he was talking to, um, what's his name from the Chargers, uh, the wide receiver, Keenan Allen. He was talking to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is basically like, you know, Herb came up to me and he was like, yo, bro, I just want you to know my job is to get you the ball. <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I get you the ball because you're our best player. And that's what that's what rookies do. Like, they they look they know who the best players on the teams are. Like, they, I mean, yeah. these guys are get drafted by the team. They know who the best player is. Guess what? If you think Jordan Love doesn't know that Devontae Adams is by far the best player on this team, man, my man is going to throw the ball to him just as many times as Aaron Rodgers did, if not more. He's going to completely lean on Devontae Adams. So I have no problem taking Devontae Adams at one or two. You know, regardless to whether Aaron Rodgers plays, will he be as productive? No, but he might see thirty more targets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he may not be produ- more productive on a per target basis because he's going to get more targets. But you know, hey, I, like I don't, I don't care how you cut it up, I, he's still going to be a, a ridiculously good fantasy option. Yep. Um, well, right now, Lazard is the only other guy being drafted. 15, and that's the 15th round with pick three. 206 overall, 68th wide receiver. Uh, you have Marcus Valdez-Scanling. You have Amari Rogers, who was drafted. And um, The Athletic actually had an article saying Amari Rogers was the Green Bay play, uh, Packers player to break out this year. Really? Yes. Um, any one of those guys going to be in your roster? Uh, probably not for me. I don't think I, I gave Lazard had his chance last year and he just yeah. didn't come through. MVS never comes through. He's just, um, he has the M- worst hands in football. MVS is a daily fantasy play yes. for tournament. Throw him out there. Hopefully he catches an 80 yard bomb. Yep. That's basically what it is. Honestly, if I'm looking at it, I, uh, Amari Rogers in like the 14th round, I might take a shot on only because, and really the only reason I would do that is because Aaron Rodgers is playing with this team and they're saying they're going to kind of use him as the Randall Cobb role of when Randall Cobb was back playing back with the Packers as, you know, more of the slot bubble screen type guy, get the ball in his hands, let him create. And the one thing, like if you watch, you know, if you watch Aaron Rodgers play, the one thing he is very good at is getting the ball out of his hands extremely fast. Like Aaron Rodgers is one of those cockback throw guys, like a second and a half. That ball is gone. And if he can do that with Amari Rodgers and Amari Rodgers can create for himself, I could see him being a little bit more fantasy viable and becoming something more than any of these other guys because Devin Funches and Alan, you know, Alan Lazard yep. and Marquise Valdez-Scantling, we've seen those guys. We know what those guys are. Yep. So the fact that I don't know what Amari Rodgers is in the NFL intrigues me just a little bit more than these other guys that I know are just Jags. They're just dudes that are on a team that with a really good quarterback. That, that's the difference in drafting. Like when you're in those upper, say, one to seven, one to eight, you're drafting guys you know can are going to produce. Yep. When you're in nine through, you know, nine, ten and out, you're drafting guys that you want to see if they can produce because the other guys in that in that area that you could possibly draft are guys you already know typically don't produce. You know yep. what I mean? So like a guy like Marcus Valdez Scantling is not going to have a breakout year this year. He just hasn't. He, he's had opportunities. It hasn't worked, which is why they drafted another receiver. So yeah, if, if there was anyone I would draft, it would probably be Amari Rogers personally because 
you know, he just has, he, he's the unknown. And when you're drafting in the double digit rounds, you're looking for the unknown. Yep. And, and the real quick, if you are the team that says, you know, what, I'm going to try out Amari Rogers. Like this is my rule of thumb when it comes to rookies, because we all saw what happened with Justin Jefferson last year. And I can't tell you how many people after week three were like, fuck you, Jeff, <laughs> Justin Jefferson and dropped him. And then my brother, my yep. brother did it in our league. Yep. He was so pissed off. Yep. Only to find out week after week five, he was a top three wide receiver, basically rest of season. So this is my rule of thumb. If you are going to take a rookie wide receiver, you need to give them six weeks. Yep. That is my rule of thumb. A yes. A Cause Miles Sanders was the same two years ago. Like yep. you draft a rookie, you got to keep him on your bench for, for six weeks. Yep. That's a good number. Six. Yep. And I, and I always say that, you know what I mean? Like when I draft a rookie, I am not dropping this dude before. If you can't afford, like if you draft a team where you know, I need a player, don't take that rookie in the 14th round, pick somebody that you think is, is going to, or has had some kind of production and has a chance because, or somebody that you're cool with dropping because I'm telling you right now, if you draft these rookies, you have to think in your head, I got to wait six weeks to see what this guy does. After six weeks, it's up to you. You do whichever, whatever you want to do. But rookies take a couple of weeks to get acclimated to the NFL. And, they get, and, and the way they start getting acclimated is they start showing up in practice. They start showing up like they're doing good things in practice. And then the coach is like, you know what? I'm going to put a little bit more on his plate. I'm going to put a little bit more on his plate. I'm going to put a little bit more on his plate. Until finally they start producing in games. And then you're like, oh, shit. That's what happened with Justin Jefferson last year. Last and Just Justin Jefferson, you know, he was slow picking up, slowly picking up the playbook, slowly picking up the playbook. And then finally he started to click and it started to, you know, he started to understand. He started understanding how teams were playing against him. He started, you know, working his way into you know being a guy that Kirk Cousins could develop a rapport with and and was constantly getting open on certain routes and Kirk Cousins was like you know what this kid is he's getting it I'm gonna start throwing it to him so give yourself that six-week cushion if you can't afford that six-week cushion then don't draft a rookie yep all right and moving on to the tight end Robert Tunyon um Right now, he is the 13th tight end off the board, round 10, pick 11. So a lot of people go in tight ends pretty early if he's the 13th. Yeah. Uh, 125 overall. But I think I think a lot of the fear with Tanyan is is Aaron Rodgers. Mm. You know what I mean? That's that's the main thing. You don't want to draft him. Uh, you know, not knowing the situation with Rodgers because he was very good last year. He was awesome last year. <laughs> My reason for not drafting him is I just don't see that happening again. No. <laughs> okay? Like, you're talking about a guy that got 59 targets and caught 52 of them. Yep. Like, that's 98% catch like uh, catch percentage. Like, that don't happen in the NFL. Yep. All right? Like, almost unbelievable. And the guy who seemed like he was just catching tight ends, ridiculous. He had 11 touchdowns. So, and three in one game. So that means he basically caught a touchdown every other week. Um, I just don't see that happening again. Steve talked about Rodgers having a little bit of, of touchdown regression. If he drops from 48 to 34, 32, somewhere like Devontae Adams ain't going to be the guy losing those touchdowns. Mm -mm. It's probably going to be Robert Tunyon losing more, more of them than not. Yeah. Um, the dude so caught 52 passes and scored 11 touchdowns, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, every crazy. five passes, every five passes he caught, he was a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. Like that's this is not going to happen again. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I like Tanyan, and I think he could still produce well with Aaron Rodgers, but he ain't going to produce that well. Like let's be no. honest. That's that's not going to happen. No, honestly, being drafted as the thirteenth tight end is probably you know twelve, you know tenth to twelve is probably where he should be. But you know he's being drafted a little later now because of. Uh, you know, not knowing what's going on with Rodgers. But more than likely, if I got to this spot and didn't have my tight end already, I'd probably just take a shot on somebody else, uh, you know, later on in the draft just because, you know, if I'm waiting this long on tight end, I'm waiting forever. Like, I might draft, like, anybody with my last pick. You know what I mean? Evan Ingram, your Steve's favorite player, I might get him, uh, <laughs> you know, in the 15th round. Yeah, it, like – and this is the thing. Like, I just want to read these numbers off to you guys because it's fucking crazy, man. Like, these don't even make sense. Okay, so, like, just listen to this. Against New Orleans, he was 5 for 5, 50 and a touchdown. Against Atlanta, 6 for 6, 698 and three touchdowns, right? Then his next best game was 5 for 7 for 79 yards against Minnesota. Uh, three for four, thirty-three into touchdown. Five for five, forty-four in the touchdown. Five for five, uh, sixty-seven in a touchdown. Four for five, thirty-nine in a touchdown. Like he, he went on a five straight. Weeks. Yo, he caught a touchdown in five straight weeks, and in all of those passes, he only it's dropped. He only had two. Five for five, four for five, five for five, five for five, three for four. Yep. Like he literally didn't catch two passes of all those of all those things. Like. You know, against Tennessee, he was one for two for 17 yards, no touchdowns. But then the last game of Chicago, two targets, two, two receptions, 18 yards, and a touchdown. Like, the touchdown production was just retarded. Like, it didn't even make no sense. So, and it won't, it won't happen again. No, it won't, it won't happen again. That, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Players just don't continue that. So, um, you know, I, I think both of us are a little bit – probably think that Tanyan's going to drop in his production this year. But – I still think, even though he drops, I still do think he could be a twelve, top twelve guy. I just don't think he scores eleven touchdowns again this year. I just that's Aaron Rodgers do forty eight touchdowns, bro. Like that's that's not going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, you look at where Tanyan finished last year. I mean, he was the number three tight end. So being drafted as a number thirteenth is probably you know a good spot for him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like he finished three and only had forty fifty nine targets. Yeah. Like that never happens. Like that is that never like I wanna say I don't know the exact stats. I would have to look them up, but I can almost guarantee you That has never happened. That is that is not another tight end in the past ten years that has had those that had a top three finish at his position with only fifty nine targets. I'm gonna look it up and I'll give you guys that stat next week, next next podcast, because I'm interested to, to know. I can almost guarantee you that's not a thing. Like that that is crazy. Fifty nine targets and finishes a top three at your position, that 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 can't that can't even be a thing. Yep. All right, so you want to get into the defensive and the, the offensive line before we move on to Minnesota? Sure. All right. So this Green Bay defense it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's got Adrian Amos, who's one of the best safeties in football. You know, it's got Jari Alexander, one of the best corners. Uh, they, you know, they drafted the kid Stokes um, out of Georgia. He, I, I like, I told you guys, I like his speed, but, you know, to me, he's, 
He's a guy that doesn't get his head around enough, and he's going to get a lot of pass interference calls. Don't be surprised when you start seeing these pass interference calls called against him because he does not get his head around in the NFL. And in the college, you get away with that shit, but not in not in the NFL. Um, Darnell Savage is a good is a good safety. You know, so I like their their secondary, which is always a good thing to have when you're you know looking for a team defense. But the linebacking core on this team is not good. Like this is a very bad linebacking core with Barnes and Campbell back there. Their defensive line. You know, it's just it's okay. It's not, you know, it, Preston Smith. You got you know what I mean. Like they run a three-four defense. So I mean, you got the outside linebackers as pass rushers and Zadarius. You know, Zadarius Smith. Excuse me, uh, is a good player for them. But you know, I'm not. I'm not. There's not a team I'm super excited about. I like their back end, and maybe it helps them get some more sacks this year. But you know, they're it, a matchup match play, if anything. Exactly. They're not a team. They go, that against super Bay twice a year, or they go up against Detroit twice a year. That's when you want to play the Green Bay defense. Exactly. So their offensive line, um, I would say this offensive line is probably middle of the pack, you know, like a 12 to 15 offensive line. You know what I mean, back the is, you know, everybody knows he's one of the top tackles in all of football. Uh, Turner played very well for them last year at, at right tackle, Billy Turner. Um, they drafted the kid Myers out of Ohio State, um, and he played pretty well. But you know he's no Corey Lindsley. Like Corey Lindsley leaving this team, it, to me it leaves a big hole. Yes, um, so you know I I, I want to see how this kid plays. I haven't watched a whole lot of his his film, but I would like to see you know how he plugs that hole that they have because that's a very very big hole. But their guard play is going to be good with Jenkins, Jenkins and Patrick. So I expect this team to be. You know, okay, but I really am interested in what's going on with Sanders. I mean, what's going on with Myers. All right. So we are going to speed this up a little bit and move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, like I said, we're going to go through this kind of quick as we possibly can because we are running a – you know, we've been going for a little while longer than we yeah. typically do. Uh, quarterback Kirk Cousins. Uh, round 12, pick two, 140 overall, 17th quarterback off the board. We don't really got to get into Kirk Cousins because he's really only a two-quarterback uh, league player. You know what I mean? We know we know he's going to have the games where he goes off, and then he's going to have the games where he's absolutely terrible. Um, he's basically a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. You know, uh, he, can, he can win you a game. He can lose you a game. Uh, and... He just happens to have two great wide receivers that he's throwing the ball to. Hell yeah. All right. So running back, Dalvin Cook. Cook was awesome last year. Like, yeah. incredible. Like, you know, many people had Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, as they made their way into the playoffs. Now, did he get hurt towards the end at all? Um, I He did. I want to say... Because the last week seventeen he didn't play. Um, well, week seventeen is you know yeah. I don't care about week seventeen. Yeah, I think they were out of the playoffs and you know they just whatever. But he didn't play because if you remember, uh, this dude had a big game. Um, yeah, he did not play in week seventeen. So the he had fifteen carries in week sixteen. Yeah. Well, he played. This is actually he played the whole year. Um, Three hundred twelve carries, fifteen hundred fifty-seven yards. 
uh, and 16 touchdowns. Then he had 44 catches for 361 and one touchdown. He did. He did miss one game because uh, if you remember, yeah, he missed the Atlanta game. Yeah, he missed the Atlanta there, game. He had some yeah. kind of some I can't remember exactly what some kind of knee thing. Uh, but I remember he missed that game because I remember everybody started Madison and DFS and he just killed everybody's lineup. He, yeah, he was terrible. <laughs> He's terrible. Yeah, he against Atlanta. Against well, Atlanta. I know. But, so, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it looks like, I mean, it looks like he was, if you look at his, his stats, he was pretty much a beast all year long. He was awesome. You know, one game you missed, you know, you missed him. But, you know, uh, to me, Dalvin Cook is, you know, my number three running back. Um, you know, I have CMC, I go Saquon number two, and then Dalvin Cook number three. That's my three. It's kind of the same three I order I had last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I I don't I don't think after what he did last year you can look at him and say he don't deserve to be where he's being drafted at right now. Yeah. Um we're gonna get to the offensive line, but I think it's gonna be better this year, which, you know, is gonna open up more things for Dalvin. Um, you know, I like, I just like the zone running scheme that this team plays. So I'll, I, you know, as long as Dalvin cook is running the way he's running, you know I mean? He's going to be 26 this year. Uh, but as long as he's running the way he's running, like he's going to be a top three fantasy running back for me until, until he starts slowing down. And I don't see anything in his game that made me think he's going to start slowing down, you know, within the next three years. Um, you know, I could see him playing good into you know his year 28 season. So you know, he's going to – right now I have him at two. I, I love Dalvin Cook. I think he's just a very good player. Yep. Uh, Alexander Madison is being drafted round 10, pick 10, 122 overall, and 48th uh, running back off the board. Um, I, I see, like – and we've talked about, like, Madison and Tony Pollard are literally this, like, the same conversation we had about Tony Pollard we're going to have about Alexander Madison. Um, yep. You know, basically just guys that strictly handcuffs, um, you can draft them one of two ways. You can draft, you know, go out and draft your handcuff and say, I got Cook and I got Madison. And if, you know, Cook gets hurt, I got Madison behind him and blah, blah, blah. Or you could be the guy that says, I'm going to draft Tony Pollard. I'm going to draft Alexander Madison. I'm going to draft... Uh, heck, AJ Dillon, mm-hmm. and when one of my one of those other running backs goes down that is not on my team, I'm gonna have, you know, Nick Chubb and, you know, Alexander Madison, and my running game is gonna be crazy. So, you know, there's two different ways that t- t- people dif- typically go about this. Handcuffing has been more of the old school way. Uh, more of the new thing that seems to be coming out is to draft, you know, other people's backups and try to get, you know, either try to get a, you know, coming off an injury, you get yourself a, a, a RB2 or, or a second running back to throw in there, or you get get a player that you can eventually use as trade B. Yep. And, I, and I mean, if you're doing, if you're going zero RB strategy, then that's the perfect yep. kind of thing to do. So, you know I mean, I don't, I don't hate on anybody that does that. Um, I don't do that personally because I am not a zero RB guy. I'm a guy that likes to get three, you know, top, five round running backs you know what i mean the fi- top five rounds i want three at least three running backs in every league that i'm in um yeah. and that's just basically the way i draft um until 
we see differently that you know yeah. you need to start going wide receiver heavy and the league changes a little bit from some of these top high end running backs you know i'm going to continue to draft that way you know i mean strategy changes you know every 10 you know every uh, 7 to 10 years i mean the strategy changes and that's where zero rb came from because i was going to say i think zero rb like obviously zero rb this is a guy you would want to draft but Zero RB is kind of turned into a. Th- I think it's adjusted zero RP or something. Yeah. There's another name for it now, where you draft one of those guy, those top four or five running backs, yep. and then you just fill out the rest of your roster, and then you f- just start loading up. So you at least have one of those superstar running backs. Like you get, you know, Dalvin Cook in the first round. Now you don't draft another running back until say seven or eight, yep. and you just load up on. Tony Pollard, you load up on AJ Dillon, you get, you know, Darrington Evans later on, you know, just guys that could possibly uh, return you a starter if the starting running back gets hurt. Um, And that's kind of, and the rest of your team at that point is just so deep because you probably drafted an early tight end. You may have drafted an early quarterback. So your only weak spot is your RB two spot. And, you know, I, I kind of like that philosophy, of, uh, honestly, a little bit more. Um, I've been typically the zero RB guy, I think, between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the depth at wide receiver and just how much it's increasing, you almost like you. It, it's almost it's almost imperative to get running backs early now because mm-hmm. by the time you get into the fifth round, you have no running backs mm-hmm. that you can. Like you, that you feel comfortable with. Yep. Like, I mean, I think Raheem Mostert is probably going around six or seven. You know, you might be able to get like Mostert, David Johnson as your two running backs. But the rest of your team will be stacked if you went zero RB. You know what I mean? But usually, if you do that, you know what I mean? Like, you're not really doing, you're not really helping yourself because that situation's terrible. Yep. Mostert and, and you know, that's why the adjusted zero RB where you're grabbing a running back early and, you know, maybe getting Mostert in the seventh round and, and Johnson in the eighth round. And now you if one of those guys happens to be OK, you have Christian McCaffrey who can carry you, you know, along with those other guys. But, yeah, Madison's probably a guy that's more reserved for, you know, if you're going to draft zero RB or if you're just drafting a handcuff. Yep, I agree. All right, now the two wide receivers. You have Justin Jefferson, who's being drafted round two, pick 12. Uh, eighth wide receiver off the board, 26th player off the board. Um, do you see continual production from Justin Jefferson is the thing I will I will ask. Yeah, I just think that the passing game is so condensed between those three players, you know, in Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, and, and uh, Dalvin Cook. Cook out of the backfield. Yeah, Cook out of the backfield. I just feel like it's so condensed to those guys that I feel very confident that both those wide receivers are going to have, you know, still good seasons. Because, you know, when you look at the rest of the team, you got, you know, uh, uh, Amir Smith-Morset, you know, all of BC Johnson, uh, Dan Dan mm-hmm. Chasina. They got Chad Beebe. Like, there's Chad, not – say There's nobody on there that you're really looking and saying, oh, yes. my God, like, no, and that's what I mean. Like, there's nobody on the team that I'm like, hmm, yeah, uh, this guy could 
come in or, you know, this guy might do a little something this year. I just feel like it's it's going to be a very focused passing offense, you know, with Irv Smith being the fourth option. And I think those four guys are just going to be, you know, highly targeted. And I know they're talking about, uh, what's his name, uh, Tyler Conklin. Uh, they're saying how they really liked him. He started producing at the end of last season and, they, you know, they want to see what he can do. But, you know, for me – it's 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 those four guys. I mean, it's Irv Smith, it's Dalvin Cook, it's you know Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson is the four guys that are going to see a whole bunch of targets in this offense, and then I just think everybody else is going to get little scraps. Yeah, like you said, Justin Jefferson towards the end of last year, from like week four on, was probably a top five wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he started off very slow and then finished like incredible. Uh, um, Adam Thielen was the number seven. So overall, Justin Jefferson was number six. Thielen was number seven in fantasy last year. Thielen is the one I think probably could regress a little because my man was scoring touchdowns ridiculously. Mm-hmm. So that would be the one thing that I think could hurt him. But I think that's kind of baked into his draft spot. Like you're getting Thielen it in the fifth round. Yeah. There's a guy who went. Like he was the. This is where like fantasy just drives me crazy, and I know he's got a, he's older now and everything like that. But my man was drafted in the third round last year. Mm-hmm. Became the seventh wide receiver overall. Yep. So he had a great year, and he drops five two <laughs> rounds in draft spot. How does that happen? Like yep. I, that's what me makes Thielen like such a great value this year. Even though I do expect regression, like. What's he going to regress to? Like the 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 fourteenth receiver, mm. where you're getting the fourteenth overall receiver in the fifth round. Like yep. he's such a great value this year. Yep, I agree. And, and, and it's a thing. Like people are saying he's going to regress because I believe he had what thirteen touchdowns last year, fourteen something like that. Uh, I have to look it up right now. Yeah. So, but if he regresses, I still think he gets close to double digit touchdowns because in the red zone, that's that's Kirk Cousins' guy. Like in the yeah, red. 14. 14 touchdowns last year. So I still think he gets 9, 10, 11. I think he's somewhere in that that vicinity of touchdowns. I don't think he regresses to five touchdowns on the season because no. it's never been Thielen. He's always been close to double digits or double-digit touchdown guy. So, you know, I, I still feel like Adam Thielen is going to be a big part of this offense, and I don't care that he's 31 years old or 30 years old or whatever it is because, you know, people put too much – emphasis on on age in the nfl don't get me wrong it has it definitely plays a part because father time is undefeated but until i start seeing guys severely underproduce like it's the same thing with julio jones right julio jones julio jones is 31 he's 31 years old he's getting too old he can't do it guess what julio had one of his most productive seasons last year he just missed games had Julio stayed, he was on a 1,500-yard pace last year. He was going to have 1,500 yards receiving had he played all, you know, 16. Nope. I don't feel like that's regression. Shit. How many nope. receivers ran for, had for 1,500 yards? Nope. <laughs> you know what nope. I mean? So guess what? I mean, people put way too much emphasis on age, especially in redraft leagues, which I don't understand. Like, if a guy no. is productive. If you, if you don't got to keep the guy. Well, yeah, like- exactly. Like, when the guy stops producing at a high level, that's when or or starts to regress. That's when and Adam Thielen has not started to regress. So no. just leave it alone. Draft the guy the way he should be drafted. Yep. 
And Irv Smith, you've brought him up. He is, uh, and and this is round 13, pick 11, 168 overall, number 17 tight end. I would take Irv Smith at his spot instead of Robert Tunyon at his spot. Yep, I agree. Just because of Irv Smith possibly being a breakout candidate and Robert Tunyon's production, you know, based on last year, probably regressing because he was just almost perfect. Yeah. Like, Tunyon's literally almost perfect. Irv Smith, with Kyle Rudolph gone, could legitimately jump into a nice number three role there um, in the passing game. Yep, I like Irv Smith. Um I don't know if I'm taking him over Tanyan. That would be close. Just, but... just about, just based on value. Yeah, on like, value, definitely, I agree. Like I probably value wouldn't take Tanyan in the tenth, but I would take Irv Smith in the thirteenth. Hell yeah, yep. I, and that's the thing. You know I mean, like that is something you do have to think about. Like if you're, especially if we, like because we don't know when when Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, yeah, I'm definitely coming, going to play with Green Bay. It could be the last game of the preseason, and him say, all right, I'm back, guys. Like it could be something like that. You know what I mean? So we we still have to see. But if by then we still don't know if Aaron Rodgers is playing with Green Bay, there's no chance that I'm taking Robert Tanya. Because if love is thrown to him, I don't want him. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't want that situation. So Irv Smith is definitely going to be a guy I'd much rather have. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. All right. You want to get into the offensive line and the defense for the Vikings? Yes, sir. All right. So this defense I think actually has a chance to be really good. I like the what, what moves they made. Bringing in Patrick Peterson, I think that that is a huge improvement and and actually is a huge improvement not only to the rookies that they drafted last year, but just a huge improvement to the whole team. Patrick Peterson is one of those dudes that can just put you under his wing and be like, "Hey, listen, this is this is what you're looking for. This is what's going to happen." He's he's a vet in the league. He's been a very good player for a very long time. Uh, I think Patrick Peterson changes the way this defensive this defense plays. Uh, Brashad Breeland is is was, comes over from the Chiefs and he's going to be their number two corner. I like that move. I think that that upgrades this this cornerback core. And they still have the the old old but great Harrison Smith. I love Harrison Smith. I've loved him for a long. He's a monster. I love that dude. Um, so yeah, I, I mean I like the moves that they made. I think you know Anthony Barr coming back this year going to be healthy. Uh, Kendricks is one of the best middle linebackers in all of football. And you know what? Daniil Hunter coming back cannot be understated. Like, Daniil Hunter yep. is one of the best defensive linemen and def- edge rushers in all of football. And if he comes back motivated to play to try to get that big contract next year, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's going to ball out. So I, I actually like this defense. I think this defense is going a little bit underrated uh, for the pieces that it has on it. All right. And the offensive line? The offensive line with uh, Darasaw coming in, I think, really got an upgrade. Um, you know, I think Darasaw is going to play left tackle, and and I actually like that a lot. I think he anchors an offensive line that has some pretty good pieces in Cole and Bradbury and Cleveland. I think those the interior of this line is is still, you know, it's not great with Cole because Cole is just kind of an okay player. Uh, Bradbury is getting better; he's gotten better every year of his career. Cleveland is, you know, uh, I would say better than middle of the pack, like a pretty good uh, right yeah and then you know o'neill is is also another very good tackle so i think this this got an upgrade and and darisal if you know anything about darisal he is a mauler when it comes to the run game so you know i could see uh him open up some holes for dalvin cook and this being a very productive offensive line in this zone running scheme all right guys there you have it that is green bay and minnesota wrapped up we are going to be back uh monday Next week, uh, we are going to start three a day, three a week, 
three times a week. Um, Monday, we're going to take a break from the two-a-days, like we said, and we're going to do a mock draft. So uh, looking forward to that. It'll be our first one of the year. Um, I've been doing one pretty much every day on my lunch break. I, I told you guys I do – I pretty much just pull it out and just do one. It takes five minutes to do. Yep. So um, I've done a lot of them, but um, looking forward to the one with Steve and, you know, maybe we could try to squeeze some other guys on there just to have, have a little bit of fun with it. So looking forward to that. And until then, peace out guys. Peace out y'all.